He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and blogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome back to the most aptly named Jets podcast there is. There's always next year. And I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. As always, I'm here with my boys, Travis Milton, who you can follow on Twitter at Dash 37 Board 27, and Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad. So, guys, it's official. We've hit rock bottom. The Jets lost to the actively tanking Dolphins in a craptacular fashion, 18-26 to on a road game in Miami, where the Jets were the home team. If you listen to the crowd, um, you know, they were cheering for their touchdowns. Um, they were cheering for their, you know, the, the few good plays they had. And at the end of the game, they were, they were chanting in unison, fire Gase. So before we get to all of that, the game, the coaching, all that, um, we have to start with one place, um, which is Daryl Roberts, the Jets cornerback last night, who, who ranted about fake-ass Jets fans. So I'm curious to get your reaction, gentlemen. So here's, here's, here's what he said. Oh, wait, did you, well, first off, did you guys see what Daryl Roberts put, like what oh. put out? Oh, yeah, I read that this morning. Okay, okay. Josh, did you see it? Uh, I saw it in the moment and I saw the hilarious Twitter reaction to it, but yeah, let's dive right in. Okay. So I'm going to, I got to read it cause it's pretty good. I'm sorry, but it gotta be said all y'all fake ass fans fucking kill me with that negative shit. If you gonna rock with us, then rock with us. But if you ain't shut the fuck up and please go like another team. Um, you're and another thing y'all need to stop at players talking crazy because y'all know damn well, uh, you wouldn't bust a damn grape in a fruit fight. Okay. I'm done. Have a nice day. <laughs> and then when someone said that he was mad at fans, he said, he basically said, you're, you're, I love the loyal fans. Stop putting words in my mouth. So, so my question is, are we allowed as fans to, to not be pleased with our team's performance? Absolutely. I mean, geez, um, the amount of money that I've spent on jerseys and tickets and right. I mean, it's, it's very, very uh, appropriate for me to, want a reciprocating relationship where they put a good product on the field that is worthy of my time and money. Right. Josh, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. So the, the best response I saw to this from, and I got to go find it. Um, he, someone just, they, they, they quote tweeted his tweet and said, was he turning around not facing the ball when he wrote this? Um, (laughs) Oh yeah. I saw that. It was fantastic. Yeah. Listen, like, if we can't be fans um, of the Jets, like if, if we're fake fans because we're complaining, then I guess there's no such thing as a, 
like there are no fans don't exist right yeah who's just loyal and like this is going to be okay it's going to be all right we're going to rock with you guys as we go three and 13 again like daryl you've had a bad season you had a very bad game yesterday this was not the time to go after jets fans Uh, right it's it's almost never the time to go after jets fans but also it's just it totally it's disingenuous in that it's like i want y'all to be loyal to me um, and, but I, but I'm paid to do this and I'm going to be out of here in a couple of years anyway. It's like, I'm going to be a fan of this team until the day I die. I mean, but I don't know, this, this season is definitely, you know, stressing, stretching, whether, whether I, I actually truly believe that or not, but what it comes down to is I'm going to be here long after Dale Roberts is gone. Right. So he should not be telling me how I should be a fan. Right. I am allowed to be a fan. Right. As Travis, as you said, you're buying merch, you're buying tickets, you're buying, you know, you're watching the games, you're buying the products that, uh, you know, that the Jets shill at you. Um, and so I, I don't need a player telling me um, how I'm supposed to be a fan, what, what the right way to be a fan is. I mean, there, there, what I would say is it's never right for a fan to like, you know, throw things at players or, you know, use racial, you know, epithets or anything like that. That's wrong. There are definitely limits to what a fan can and can't do. But speaking negatively about the team is not one of the things that I'm, I'm not allowed to do as a fan. Um, because if, 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 like, he's in charge, then fine. I'll go be a Saints fan, and I'll have a great time. Like, I, I'm ha- I would happen to be a Saints fan this year. Uh, but, uh, but that's not what this is about. So, um, so it's, 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 to me, it's kind of this uh, microcosm, right? Him doing this is a microcosm of the larger problems with the team. The team's out of control. The players are out of control. The coaches are out of control or never had control or don't even understand what the word control means. Ownership's out of control. General manager, maybe they know what they're doing, but based on some of the actions earlier in the week and kind of pissing off Jamal Adams and those sorts of things, like there's just it just seems like it's a total mess and I, I don't know how we're going to get things, things right. Is there, is there anything that you can glean from this loss, Josh, that you feel like maybe there's hope from this team being this bad? No, I really didn't see much redeeming yesterday. I mean, the, the Darnold throw before halftime, the, yeah. the safety, at you know the four and a half minute mark in the fourth, like J- Jamal post game giving just very corporate answers, which is just completely unlike him. Uh, the Daryl Roberts meltdown online, um, the 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 Adam Gase post game, like there was there was literally nothing. I, I and I really tried. I tried to come away thinking yesterday, what's one thing I saw that that gave me a little bit of hope, a little bit of encouragement. You know, obviously having having Cashman go down before the game late in the week, um, like. Eh, Everything went wrong, and right before the show, Trav and I were talking, and I just I, I threw out the question: like, of all the Jets' losses, gut punch, punch losses, like really disappointing losses, like, is this is this actually the like? Would this be the barometer for the worst loss we've ever experienced as Jet fans? And I really can't think of another one where I felt so embarrassed and so like I'm just finished. Like I, I have nothing left to contribute to this team or toward its well-being. Like three weeks ago, we sat here saying, okay, Darnold's going to come back. The schedule gets a little bit easier. Three games into that stretch now, guys, what, what are, are we seeing anything? I mean, are there any signs of life? And that to me is when you have to move on from your head coach. Like there is nothing that's going well. And very soon 
the players will start revolting against Adam Gaze, Greg Williams, and and the like. And I feel like if if they're not going to fire him after this, like we're just we're just stuck with this for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Does this impede Sam Darnold's progression over the next three years? Like there's some major implications that need to be worked out in the next week or two. Um, the season's already lost, but now we're talking about the future of the franchise with, with some cornerstone guys that might just check out immediately. Like this is just a mess. Yeah. If, if, if not, they have, if they haven't already. Right. And you talk about Jamal Adams kind of answering, you know, robot answers and, and, and those sort of things. When you, when you look at this team, right. The, I mean, if I'm trying to be, at all optimistic, I would say that first series, you know, they look pretty good going downfield um, and scoring, but right. It's like once that happened, there's no ability to make an adjustment or just, there's no ability to understand, you know, Adam Gase to understand what his, uh, what his players can do. You know, you have a terrible offensive line. The protections are terrible. Certainly would having a better offensive line, maybe make life easier on Sam Darnold. Sure. And we'll get to that a little bit more later on, but but at the same time, like you're not rolling him out, you're not doing the things that, you know, help make him successful. Um, And, you know, and then we're left with, you know, after the game or, you know, whatever, you know, during the week, Adam Gase saying, gee, we should, we should, we really would love to roll him out more or, you know, or Sam Darnold saying I'm good on the move. Like, but but then you don't do those things uh, unless it's like you know he's under duress and, and you know and he's running for his life like that's not the same thing as a designed rollout as a you know um, Jake the Snake Plumber you know designed rollout that's not the same thing and so you know so then you have that picture of Gase there right sitting on the sideline basically you know scribbling on his notepad or whatever and nobody nobody around him and I, I just I'm so. I, I didn't think it could get this bad. And I know we talked a little bit about this last week and, you know, Hey, maybe they lose to the dolphins and that's a, a bright spot, right? If there's anything, it's like, maybe this just galvanizes the fans enough to start another just mob riot campaign that Chris Johnson has to listen to the fan base. But I mean, I, I, I don't know that Chris Johnson, you know, cares or, or, or is willing to, to allow himself the idea that boy, I made a mistake in hiring this guy. So, so I don't know. So I guess I, I'm, I'm curious to ask, we have, we've talked around Sam Darnold a little bit here, you know, Travis and Josh, do you guys think you go first, Travis, do you think Sam Darnold is regressing? Do you think he's getting worse, actively worse? I think he is. And I, th- I believe uh, Corey and I were talking about this last week on Twitter um, just seeing, and, and I've mentioned this 20 million times, the, the whole, uh, mirroring what happened to, uh, David Carr, uh, walking in tons of promise, um, and just watching the mechanics break down because of poor offensive lines and poor scheming. Um, I really think he is, he's throwing off his back foot too much. Everyone's made a point to talk about that. Um, and just the decision-making, it just seems to be deteriorating for him. Even, you know, even some of the completions he had were, were throws that I think we all watched and cringed and said, why did you even do that? 
Yeah, I, I think there there is that, you know, because he's he's got, you know, the happy feet now. He's throwing off his back foot. He's trying to get the ball out. And there were times where, you know, it's designed quick throws and he's doing it well. But there are times where, um, you know, he's putting the ball downfield to Robbie Anderson and it's beyond Robbie Anderson's reach. And whether it's Robbie Anderson not pushing himself a little further downfield or just, you know, Sam being forced to throw it early or, I mean, you know, that, that one – you know, pick, you know, kind of the, the shovel pass that he made that, that wound up as a, as an interception, you know, it was just a classic example of like, it's okay to take the sack. I get you're trying to make a play here, um, but it's okay to take the sack in that instance. Um, or, you know, just make sure that ball gets out of bounds. You can't shovel pass it, you know, into a defender's arms. Just, you know, that, that sort of stuff worries me. Um, and right when you have a when you have no protections and you don't have um, you know the right kind of coaching scheme or you know kind of playing to your strengths, like I, I think this is what you get. Like what what's your read on on this, Josh, in terms of uh, his his progression or regression? Yeah, I mean it it, it can't. The, the hard thing is is you can't you can't diagnose this or evaluate it in a vacuum. Like he has he has a ridiculously bad offensive line. He has. Um, you know, his favorite receiver, seemingly Chris Herndon, mysteriously still injured. Um, a rotation of wide receivers this year that have been up and down and a little bit inconsistent. Um, a offensive game plan that at times looks great. I mean, the first drive of the game yesterday looked incredible. Um, and then just from there, like, just seemingly inconsistent everything nothing seems like it has any flow and so you know he's an incredible prospect still I mean we're a year and a half into his NFL career he's 22 years old um I, I do see signs of regression that are more like systematic than his his actual play like that play at the end of the second quarter was just insane I you know I I, I fault him because it was just dumb. It was just a really dumb decision. Um, but then I look at the, the coaching around him to go like, does he feel like at all times he's got to try to make a play when <laughs> right. because Lord In knows. In spite of the coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so like I, I do certainly, I, I agree with Travis. I see him throwing off his back foot a lot. I know he's being chased in the pocket all the time. Um, there, there's not much designed rollout happening, which is one of his strengths. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like, there are some personal things he needs to grow in, but organizationally, like they're not putting anything consistently on paper or in play around him that makes him able to, to be evaluated cleanly. And so, you know, I, that might be a, 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 a I might be um, uh, questioning myself here. Like, do we let Sam Darnold continue to have time and give him excuses and not give those things to Adam Gase? But, you know, I, I feel like at, at an NFL level, we've seen enough from Adam Gase to know that he does not have it. We just haven't seen enough consistency to know if Sam Darnold has it or not. I still think there's a great prospect in there, but it's going to take good coaches to get it out of him and a good game plan that's going to make it able to be evaluated fairly. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. 
They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Is there anything that they can do between now and the end of the season to to turn things around, or is it just is it just like we talked about rolling out? Are, are there are there parts of this offense that they can try and I don't know um, enhance or you know use more of that would allow them to 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 I don't know protect and or hide Sam Darnold between the end of the year. I mean, it's, it, you would think Le'Veon Bell and he had a decent day yesterday, right, Travis, but still it's like, he's only going to be as successful as the offensive line ahead of him. Or is there anything we can do? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I have no, I'm at a loss for, for words and questions. <laughs> Throwing spaghetti at the wall. Um, yes, exactly. I think, you know, the only thing that, that I can see that I think would, would really help this offense is getting bell more involved in the passing game. And they did that a little bit mm-hmm. yesterday, but I, you know, and I think that goes back into rollouts and uh, you know, these bubble screens that we're running like half the time and these wide receiver, you know, it, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't understand what's going on. Um, but I, I, that's the only thing that, that I see. And I don't know why it hasn't happened until now, like trying to get him more involved in the passing game. Um, outside of that i i don't know i think it's just a big old pile of dog shit yeah it's funny i was thinking before uh, i'm sure you i you all saw kind of the the news about deadspin this week and um you know kind of it you know all the staff walking out because their ownership told them to stick to sports and i noticed that i was on deadspin today and they're they're writing again we've got some zombies like writing on on deadspin now because hey you know it's great to have the deadspin name on your on your resume, I guess, but what, there was an article before before it went dark um, about Monday Night Football. Kind of, the, it, it was got by a guy named I don't know, say his last name exactly, John Teddy. Um, uh, on, it's called the Deep Insecurity of Monday Night Football. It talks a lot about John uh, on uh, on uh, what's his name, Tessitore, Joe Tessitore, and how terrible he is as an announcer. Um, and basically, it's it's a great article, but there's a great part in there where. Um, 
where they showed that clip of Gase talking with Sam Darnold during the course of that uh, that Monday night game. And here, so here's here's the here's the the uh, the quotes, and then this guy uh, Teddy's reaction to it. Um, Gase, let's put the ball in the end zone. Darnold, okay. Gase, okay. We've got the ball in the second half, okay. Darnold, that's right. Gase, so listen, we got to reset right now. You hear me? Darnold, absolutely, I got it. Gase does not believe what he is uh, does does not believe what he is about to say. You're you're you know you know what to do. Um, Darnold does not know what to do. <laughs> yeah, Gase <laughs> does not know what to do either. All right, just trust yourself. So now this paragraph, okay. In the course of that exchange, Gase first reminded Darnold that the object of the offense was to bring the ball to the colorful rectangle at the end of the field. Obvious, but given the course of the game, a point worth reinforcing. Then Gase offered a stream of increasingly unhelpful non-guidance as if Darnold could just Zen meditate himself into properly reading the Patriots' defense. Oh, and if you could achieve self-actualization before the play clock expires, Sam, that would be a help. Thanks. And then he goes on to talk about how Tessitore just kind of had the exact wrong reaction to it. That's more what that whole part is about. But it's just this sense that Gase is just a – he is just disconnected, emotionally disconnected to players, to his team. And this plays out in a number of ways. It radiates out. And I think like a a great example that I want to talk a little bit about, we talked a lot about the trade last week with uh, Leonard Williams, um, but we didn't really get a chance to talk about um, Jamal Adams. You know, one of our favorite players on this podcast, we love Jamal Adams. um, And there's a lot, there was a lot of back and forth on Twitter. I was part of it. And it was like, what is Joe Douglas supposed to do? He's supposed to listen for to offers on his players. He, you know, Jamal Adams is a safety. He can't he can't help this team, um, you know, in the way they need to. You know, he's he, you know, he has this kind of he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth. He wants to be here, but he's, you know, maybe he really wants to be on the Cowboys or you know, whatever. And and my point on that is, and you know. Adams even came out on Twitter or whatever and made his, his social media statement saying, I, you know, I said, I want to be here. I never went behind anybody's back. Um, and you know, this is a crazy business or something to that effect. Right guys. And so my, my point is in, in saying this is that Jamal Adams has been in the corner. He's been a loyal soldier for this organization and to even listen to offers to Jamal Adams is tantamount to trading him. Like they might as well have traded him for whatever the Cowboys wanted to give him because he is like, I mean, I don't know, maybe he'll, maybe he'll recover. But at this point he's like, I wanted to be here. I wanted to help build this thing from the ground up, but you know, you're going to go listen to offers on, you know, see if you can upgrade and, uh, and, and, and you're telling me everything I need to know about how you're running this organization. So why should I be here? Uh, and so, so, so my question to you guys is like, do you think um, that this emotionally disconnectedness between front office and coaching and players is like, and, and you see Daryl Roberts and his outburst last night, like where does this go before the season ends? Like how bad is this going to get? Do you think? Josh, I'll ask you, Josh. Yeah, I I hear all of that, and I and I agree with a lot of it. And I want I want this team to be good. I know I know we can sometimes come across as most Jet fans do as just kind of cynical and a little bit like you know jaded toward the the pain is actually what what we we identify with. But listen, we want the Jets to be good. They are not good from the top down. You know this this starts at the very highest level. 
um, with with the Johnson family. Chris Johnson has been a disaster as the managing owner of this team. Like there is there is not one piece of this organization that feels conducive. Um, there's not one part of this that feels like it's moving forward in a good direction. You know, you bring in Adam Gase and then fire your GM and then bring in a GM and none of them, neither of them were around when Sam Darnold was picked. And so there's always that thing with front offices and coaches that are like, this isn't my guy. That That's sort of a mindset. I mean, obviously we've heard about Adam Gase's feelings on Lev Bell and you know, there's just so much inconsistency here. There's not one game plan. If there was one clear, like, this is the direction we're going and this is how we're going to get there, um, then we then we could just evaluate the team and say, man, this is going well or this isn't going well. In, in, in the absence of that, there's just nothing to really even, like, where does this go? Like, I, I couldn't even tell you guys. Like, I couldn't tell you, you know, the Giants game, the Redskins game, um, the Bengals game, the second Dolphins game, um, like what does there look like one more win on this on this schedule? Um, no, and not because of the teams they're playing, but because of this Jets team right now. Everything feels disorganized. Everything feels like a mess. Um, I, I just I don't see this going well for the rest of the season. I feel like they're going to bungle the offseason already. Um, it just feels like from the top level of, of management down, hmm. um, Consistencies and like disorganization, and so uh, we've talked. We talked about this last year with Todd Bowles. We felt the same way around this point of the season. Like nothing feels conducive. Nothing feels like it's moving forward. Everything's just kind of well. We're on to the next week. We're not going to talk about anything. And it's like, man, at some point, inwardly, they've got to decide: Do we want to have a a good football product on the field um, and not just sell new jerseys? Like selling new jerseys is 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 fun. Um, when when the, when it's the summertime, but you get into the fall and the, and the team looks like a mess. Yeah. You don't want everyone around your team feeling like there's no plan. And the reason we feel like there's no plan is that there's no plan. So I don't I don't know where the rest of the season goes. But <laughs> there's no plan A. There's no plan W. There's just the three of us talking every week about a dumpster fire and hoping that the guy that's in the middle of it excuses himself gives the dumpster to someone else and someone else knows what they're doing. Uh, Travis, what, what, what do you think? <laughs> um, I mean, react I'm, to that. React I'm to full that. on board with the dumpster fire. I mean, you guys know me. Um, you know, when it comes to what you were talking about with uh, the personal connectivity and things like that, I think there's, there's definitely two, two mindsets in it. You know, when you look at the Patriots, I don't necessarily know that, there's that level of personal connectivity, you know, watching how they cut and trade players. But um, on the flip side, I think that that was what salvaged any portion of last season was the connectivity that the players had to bowls. I mean, specifically, you know, people like Jamal Adams. And when you've got emotional characters like that on the, on the team that are very, very emotionally driven, like Jamal, um, I think Lev Bell to a lot lesser extent, but I, I think Sam even is. I think a lot of people talk about him being, uh, you know, super cool like a cucumber. But you know, listening to him talk about watching at home and punching, punching walls and uh, screaming into pillows, um, you know, I, I think that there's a level of that on the, on the team that needs to be uh, not necessarily coddled, but uh, addressed in a certain manner. Uh, I hate comparing being a football coach or a general manager to being a chef, but uh, I mean, I'm not out here 
trading uh-huh. cooks, you know, with other restaurants or, or, you know, there's not a chef free agent wire. Um, right. But, <laughs> you know, I, when I first started out as a chef, you know, I tried to be, you know, very detached and stern and, you know, run everything like a, like a machine. And I learned that, that my, my cooks, my chefs, my servers all did a much better job when they felt invested in the restaurant and what really drove that was me being personally invested in them um and and having that personal connectivity and that was when you know restaurants really my restaurants really started succeeding so again i hate comparing those two but you know it is a man you know it, it goes back to managing um and that's one thing that i think adam gase is horrible at managing people and players um mm-hmm. he might be I, I actually i don't think that he, he can scheme i mean he 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 might be able to um but i think that that right now we're seeing a lot of issues with that but uh i mean that also comes with losing i mean no one likes losing but uh i i definitely think that that's something that is is not there and it's really really showing mm-hmm. and it's gonna get worse and worse and worse throughout the season because jamal's gonna get increasingly unhappy he played like complete dog shit yesterday which uh you know could be whatever but art's not in it right i mean looking at at you know tackles that i've seen him make and and you know just blowing guys up and then in the same spots yesterday he was just whiffing and it you know i i feel like he's he's checked out of of the organization and you know everything, and he's just looking. Yep. This looking it's if, if if Jamal Adams is not gone in the off season for a draft pick, like I will be shocked. And I'll guarantee you this: whatever they get in the off season is not going to be as much as they would have gotten had they traded him at the deadline. Like they're going to get less for him because he's going to he's going to not play as well over the over the remainder of this season, and that's going to hurt his value. That's going to hurt his brand and all that sort of thing. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. We haven't even talked about the fact, really, that the Dolphins have actively, we we did at the very beginning, but the Dolphins have actively made their team worse over the course of this year. You know, they've moved players like Mink Fitzpatrick, um, Tunsil, and others in a bid to be at the top of this draft class. And, like, I mean, you know, the only thing that I can say here is, hey, maybe Adam Gase is, like, trying to outfox them uh, by ruining their chances to get, you know, Tua. But, like, I mean, there's no reason the Jets should have lost this game to a team that is not good. I mean, it's terrible. And and then, right, you have players going off. Devontae Parker yesterday looked like Julio Jones. Like, it, that is inexcusable. Devontae Parker is a shell of a receiver. He is not that good. And for him, for him to have as many catches as he did, clutch catches in that game, is ludicrous. And you're right, and that comes down to players like Daryl Roberts. It comes down to over-the-top help from from guys like Jamal Adams. I mean, this team is just not into it. They've get as best I can tell, they've given up. And then, like, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I, I saw this tweet um, just a couple minutes ago while we started here. Daniel Jeremiah, 
um, move the sticks on Twitter, uh, NFL network. He, he wrote this, this is interesting. Now, now remember Daniel Jeremiah and Joe Douglas are friends from their, you know, kind of coworkers were coworkers together in either their time with the Ravens or the Eagles, I guess maybe the Eagles. Um, and so here, here's what Jeremiah says. I've always been a big Sam Darnold guy. I knew the team around him stinks, but he's not seeing the field right now. He's not, he's looking everywhere and seeing nothing. This team needs so much work. So, so like I, I'm trying to decipher what he means by that. He's not seeing the field right now. He's looking everywhere and seeing nothing. And so that, that to me signals the fact that he can't, he can't read the defense is, is what Jeremiah is saying. Um, he's unable to read the defense. And so why, why is he unable to read the defense? Well, he's unable to read the defense because um, you know, he doesn't have the time to read the defense. He, he's running scared. Um, and he's just not making the kinds of throws he needs to. And I would say, like, based on what I saw from him playing yesterday, I, mean, I certainly think that's the case. And so this is where it comes down to, and again, knowing that Jeremiah is Douglas's guy, like, they're, you know, they're, they're friends. They, they text, I'm sure, um, you know, back and forth. And, you know, but Jeremiah is also a good enough scout that he can just watch the film, watch the game, and see what's happening because he's, in, he's now an analyst. Um, so my point in saying all this is the answer has to lie. If, if, if he can't see the field right now, whose fault is it? Is it Sam Darnold's fault because he's so bad? Or is it his coach's fault because he can't help him see the field? What do you I mean, think? it's both, right? Like, yeah. it, has to be, it has to be both. Like, he, he was a highly touted, very highly drafted quarterback – um, in a pretty quarterback-rich draft, seemingly um, getting worse every day. And so the question is, are coaches putting film in front of him in a way that he can see and learn and grow? And is he putting in the work in practice in his own film time to figure out how to get better? Like, we don't know those things. I would say because the organization is unhealthy – I imagine it's both, that there's a lack of personal responsibility, kind of to Travis's point, that if he doesn't feel like this is worth doing because of the health of the, or the, dis, the, the unhealthiness of the culture of the organization, uh, if he doesn't... I don't think it's so much that he's not trying. I'm sure he's trying hard. He's getting in early, he's staying late, all that kind of stuff. But I think just when the bullets are flying... He's so afraid. He, he's so he's fearing for his life so much. He can't even he he can't even read the defense, right? Like because he's just so worried. I mean, did you see that one sack yesterday where he wasn't even looking at one side of the field and he just got leveled, right? Oh, I mean, like he yeah. missed that block, right? Yeah, yeah. The, it was kind of at the end of the game. Um, and, uh, you know, he was, he was staring down the left side of the field, Lev Bell misses the block. And I mean, he just gets knocked on his ass. And I think that's my point is like, that has a, that has an impact on your decision-making the next time for most people, the next time you drop back to pass, like, is that going to happen again? And you're just trying to get the ball out of your hands as quickly as possible. You're not worried about reading the defense. You're worried about how do I get the ball out of this hand, out of my hands, because I'm, I'm die. I'm going to die here. Essentially, I don't know. What What do you think? What do you think, Travis? You know, I think that's part of it, but also uh, not to beat a dead horse. But you know, the 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 seeing ghosts comment. Um, you know, I think that uh, part of it is he's 
he's not confident in his reads. Like I think that he is, he's gotten to a point where he's been hit so damn much and he's thrown so many interceptions that he's second guessing himself and he's not being decisive. Um, so I think that, that, that is a lot. And, and again, that goes back into coaching and like Josh said, or you just said, you know, the personal connection, being able to, to talk a guy out of that. I mean, it's almost like he's got the, the, the yips and, uh, you know, it, it goes to, yeah, it's timing. It's, I just think that he's second guessing all of his throws and, and he, he's just confusing himself. Hey, it's Scott Mason. Sorry, just wanted to jump in real quick and let you know about a couple of great things going on, courtesy of Play Like a Jet. If you haven't been listening on Sundays when we do the pregame report and Craig gives his picks, you got to make sure you start listening to that and taking his picks and going over to mybookie.ag and placing them to make wagers and make yourself some money every weekend. If you go to mybookie.ag right now and use the promo code OVERTIME when you sign up, you'll get your first deposit doubled. That's right. They will match your first deposit when you sign up over at mybookie.ag using the promo code OVERTIME. You can bet on the Jets and the Giants this coming weekend, any of the other games around the league. Plus, you can do prop bets. Who's going to throw for more touchdowns, Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones? Who's going to have more rushing yards, Saquon Barkley or Le'Veon Bell? Despite the fact that it's a Jets home game, which team is going to have more fans at the stadium representing their team? I bet on the Giants on that one, sadly. You can bet on these prop bets and so much more over at mybookie.ag right now. Use the promo code OVERTIME and they will double your first deposit. Mybookie.ag, you play, you win, and you get paid. And if you're going to bet on the game, you should probably be there, especially since it's back home in New Jersey at MetLife Stadium. The Jets and the Giants aren't exactly having the best year, but it's still a fun rivalry, and that's why it's going to be a hot ticket. And if you don't have your tickets yet, you can get them at Vivid Seats. And I've got a great deal for you when you do go to buy your tickets. You can get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase when you use the promo code OVERTIME at checkout. You can use that promo code to go to the Jets-Giants game on Sunday, or you can use it for a whole bunch of other events. You want to go to a basketball game, a hockey game, you want to go to a concert, a wrestling show, anything your heart desires, you can use that discount code to get yourself up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. Just download the Vivid Seats mobile app and use the promo code OVERTIME at checkout. Brian, sorry again to cut in on the show. Go ahead, my friend. I don't think Mark Sanchez was ever the player that Sam Darn does in terms of a prospect that Sam Darnold is, um, you know, is this redeemable? So if, if you, if you were Chris Johnson and thank God that you guys are not Chris Johnson, but if you were Chris Johnson, how do we get out of this situation where Sam Darnold cannot read the field? Um, the team is a total mess. There's no control and, and kind of no, no investment kind of from a player perspective. Um, and the coaching is, is a nightmare. Like what is, what is the path forward for Chris Johnson? Yeah. Chris, yeah, if I, Chris is listening. We need to tell him a plan because he clearly does not have a plan. So, so Chris, listen up. This is the plan that you need to enact to get this team right. Josh. What do hey, you think? hey, Chris, jo- Josh Conrad here. Um, big, big Jets fan. First time, long time. Um, Here's the deal. You you have a GM that you brought in to to choose players and to oversee the football team from a coaching and playing perspective. I would love for you to let him make decisions separate from ownership desires and all of the ways that players are going around you or around him right now to get to you. I would very much love for you to empower Joe Douglas to actually manage the football team. 
if nothing else, over two years, the next two years with high draft picks probably coming up in both of these drafts, whether you're trading current prospects and players for more, that's his decision. But let him make some football decisions. Let him organize this entire organization in a way that gets conducive, gets all the energy going in one direction, and then we can properly evaluate. In the absence of that, I don't know what else to tell you. Let the GM do his job. Let him pick his coach, his quarterback, his his left tackle, his starting safeties. Let him do his job, and then we can evaluate. That's how every other NFL team, for the most part, organizes their staff. They let their guys do their jobs, and then they properly have a baseline to evaluate. Right now, there's no baseline. Give us a baseline as fans so that we can we can evaluate week to week the play and the coaching decisions of the team. And from there, we can decide if we have the right decision makers in the room. Travis, what's your plan for Chris? Hey, Chris, um, not to take a shit on Josh's plan. Uh, it sounds great and all, but I have, a, <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a much more concise and flawless plan for you. Um, and it's, it's, it's not a lot of steps. Um, step one, sell the team. Yes. <laughs> step, step two, make sure you sell the team to anyone but James Dolan. Yes. yes. Amen. Um, step three, go, go have fun. Like, just go do stuff. I love it. That's a great plan. That's a great plan. I really like that plan. Um, yes. I, I, I think – I don't know that I can best any of those plans. I'll, I will, I'll split the difference. I think I, I would love to see the Johnson sell this team. I would love them to sell, sell the team to anybody who has, like, some sort of hedge fundy or, you know, startup-y kind of background, you know, so that they can bring analytics to this organization because it is woefully lacking, you know, other sports, baseball, basketball, you know, they, they look at analytics, they let analytics help inform decisions. Um, this team does not do that. Um, the NFL by and large does not do it. And, and they, this team certainly does not do that. Um, so I would say, right, let, you know, have, have a general manager who understands that, understands the decision-making, will go with what is on the play chart on a fourth and two. This is what you're supposed to do in this, you know, in this yardage and, um, you know, in this part of the field. But, but right, I think, I think they have to fire Adam Gase as soon as humanly possible. And I think my plan would be make Jim Bob Cooter the head coach of this team. And, I mean, let's just, let's just either, you know, go to the moon or blow up on the launch pad and just get weird with it at this point. Come on. Jim, Jim Bob Cooter for head coach in New Jim York. Would be amazing. Cooter. Hell yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. He's a running back coach, right? I mean, let's, let's promote that guy. <laughs> Cause I mean, Dewell Law Gaines or however you say his name. I mean, he's an Kenny Loggins. Put Kenny some respect. Loggins, sorry. Yes. Yeah. I just, that's all I call him. Kenny Loggins. I'm so sorry. not invested in this coaching staff that I just won't even learn how to say their names. I'm with you. Yes. Right. So, so anyway, so that's, so that's, that's three plans you can pick from that I think might appease, might appease uh, uh, fans, you know, more, more than they are right now uh, as, as we kind of round into giants week. Oh my God, this is going to be amazing. Giants, giants fans are going to be raining down on, on the jets. The, the giants who are a total train wreck right now are still better than the jets. That's, that's where we are guys. So, um, any any last minute thoughts before we before we run up out of here? 
Any other any other observations or uh, you know bouts of depression that we'd like to discuss? Can can we figure out at some point what's going on with the medical staff of this team where everyone's going yes. to the IR? Chris Herndon is three weeks ago took a jog and hasn't been able to play or practice since. Like what is happening medically with this team as well? We haven't even talked about that yet, but it's insane. Yeah, it's a good point. I think it's business decisions, right? It's a lot of players making business decisions. All right, Chris Herndon was was active for the game. I don't even think he took a snap, right? You didn't take one snap. Yeah. Nope. I love that guy. Uh, I kind of want to make a poster for the uh, the Giants Jets game that is like a a train wrecking into a dumpster fire, <laughs> but the train is like a manure train. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Right. <laughs> it's got uh, it's got just bags of fertilizer. And that train's exploding into the dumpster. Maybe it's like more of like a landfill. Like could a land could a landfill catch fire? Could a landfill catch uh, fire? I'm I'm sure. I'm sure the Jets can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a great poster. You should definitely you should definitely make that happen. I, All right. I think the I think my focus for the rest of the season is now coming up with a proper drinking game for uh, the the Jets season. Um, I saw somebody tweet about it, and it was Ooh. like. Two shots for every time somebody posts a dumpster fire gif. One shot for every time Jets fans get in a fight over Adam Gase or uh, McCagnan. And yeah. I, I really think I need to format one um, just for my sanity. That's right. dangerous. I do a like shot, sh- shotgun a beer every time Sam Darnold throws off his back foot. Um, right. Like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I like it. I like it. I think I think we need to take this to Twitter. We'll put this on Twitter today, and we'll see what we come up with and see if we can create a – a rule set for a uh, for a cones of Dunshire like drinking game for the Jets. <laughs> Punishingly <laughs> intricate. <laughs> you forgot the essence of the game. It's it's the cones. It's all about the cones. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, gentlemen, we I thank you for your time. Thank you for for bringing your cones to this uh, to this podcast. And uh, gang, we will see you next week. Please make sure to listen and rate and review. Uh, play like a jet feed and our friends at turn on the jets. Also make sure to check out my buddy bent and his site jetsfix.com. He's always posting great content where he's writing all over the web. So thank you. It's, it can only get maybe one notch worse if the jets lose to the giants next week. And Danny dimes is the, is the new savior of New York, but I, I have to think we're at rock bottom fans. So Maybe the ownership will listen to us. Maybe maybe they will fire Adam Gase. Maybe we'll be in a different place in time. But like we say, there's always next year. Thanks. Sell the team. <laughs> <laughs>